Welcome back to Get Unstuck and On Target. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders. Whether we're working with supervisors to improve their people skills, or it's me coaching a leader one-on-one, getting leaders and companies unstuck is at the heart of everything we do. And that's exactly what this podcast. Joining me is Carson Combs. Carson and his wife, Sharon, are the co-founders of ZenBuild.com. Their company was built to make shopping and buying thin brick, brick, and stone as easy as buying anything else online. I love their tagline, measure twice, click once. Like many entrepreneurs, they started their business at their kitchen table with a vision to change an industry they had worked the same way for over 100 years. They believe in finding the products you want while having a phenomenal customer experience. And that's how it should be. They have customers all over the country. And I'm interested in just kind of learning from Carson firsthand about his entrepreneurial journey and kind of how he got to where he is right now. Welcome, Carson. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me today on the the show. I love the title, Unstuck. We all face that every day in running our businesses or being an employee in a business. So very, very appropriate name for your podcast. Well, you know, it, it happens to be a, a name that has, has part of the expression stuck. What people don't, don't really realize is it started when the podcast, with the, when the, the, the podcast started when the pandemic, that's what I'm trying to say, started. We were all walking around in circles. We didn't know what to do. We were all kind of stuck. And so I started inviting guests on, started the podcast to kind of learn from each other. And that's kind of what I hope we can do today. Learn from you. Zen build. I love the name, but when, when you were looking at possible names for y'all's business, how did y'all come up with Zen build? It's a great question. That's a great question. You know, in, uh, have you ever built a home before? I have or not. I've always, renovation, I've always renovation. Yes. Built. No. Okay. <laughs> Any renovations. Well, then you understand, or even building a home, you'd understand the word Zen is never associated <laughs> to materials, construction, new home build, commercial projects. It's quite the opposite, you know, in fact. And so uh, we were going through, you know, a couple of different iterations and names, like many entrepreneurs or business owners do, you know, several years back. We had logos, we had different names, we were playing around with different stuff. And ZenBuild really kind of made sense in the fact that, like, you know, what we are trying to do is bring online uh, a process that is, as, as you said in the, the intro, you know, has been done the same way for over a hundred years, um, with, you know, the next generation coming into the industry, they're used to being able to do about anything or find anything they want here and not necessarily having to make a phone call, which we do have a lot of calls come in and deal with a gatekeeper. They want information so that they can move on faster. They want to be able to purchase product. They want to know when it's going to be delivered, if it's available. Um, and so the name Zen Build really kind of came from, hey, what we're doing and our, our goal is to, you know, maximize the value we can provide to clients from homeowners to, you know, large scale developers in an online way. And so we're making it easy. We're trying to provide Zen. It's a little bit of plan word. Some of the uh, commercial contractors we deal with across the country. I was on the phone with one yesterday up in Iowa and he was, he was giving me a little bit of hell about how the name, but he was really talking about how easy it was. It's the first time I've ever, you know, purchased uh, some birth product online. And he was like, it was so, so easy. And um, he'd send us some pictures, you know, of the project he'd done in and called and I ended up talking to him, business owner, business owner. And uh, he was like, man, what, the name Zen build. He was like, you know, none of the suppliers I deal with, 
you know, me any Zen. In fact, it's the total opposite. And I was like, well, there's a lot of great guys out there, but you know, our ethos is really try to make things easy for customers and be transparent both in our pricing and then in our products. So it, it was a choice between that and about four other ones. I don't recall what the other ones were, Mike, but .com products and making it easy online. So well, it works very, very well. I want to go back to your industry. Um, mm -hmm. I know very little about your industry other than um, what I mentioned in the intro. It's been done the same way for so very long. And for you to launch this business and do things differently, I would assume that there was some risk associated with going this way. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> what's interesting is when I, I started and wanted to go out, you know, like a lot of us do when we have a vision and we want to go kind of create our own company, where we're at today isn't where, where I started. Um, I had actually uh, worked for a, a local company on the commercial side. So I worked with architects, commercial contractors, commercial subcontractors, and then manufacturers from different parts of the country, really in one market. Um, and that family business uh, was a great company. I learned a lot. And there's actually several companies that have been birthed out of that group. What had happened is right before the Great Recession, uh, the family had an opportunity to sell the business, which they did, um, did, did well. And we were very happy for them. They were very generous and very kind people. They taught me a lot as well as the other guys I'd worked with and gals, but we got bought by a mid-sized company. And of course the recession happened. And if you were in construction, you know, it was a very tough time. Um, and that company that acquired us had had me sign a non-compete contract and they unfortunately weren't able to weather the storm recession in, in 2011, 2012, they were acquired by uh, Berkshire Hathaway company. Uh, and when that happened, um, I was like, you know, I, I was working for this family company. You know, it was a team. We come in, we're going to win today. Everybody's on the same page. And then we went to an organization that was about 500 employees. And then the new entity that bought us was thousands. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was like, I need to go. I need to go. And so went out to start my local company. Uh, and just really service the same customers. But that non-compete from the first acquisition came back to haunt me. And so uh, I had to go to court uh, and it sucked, Mike. Mm -hmm. I was 32, 33 and we had sold our home. I've got two beautiful kids. They're 17 and 15 now, but they were a good bit younger. And we moved to a small condo mm -hmm. and sold almost everything we had and went you know, the route of having to go through through that, we won. Uh, and the court, the local chancery court said that we were good to start our business. And we're rock and rolling off to the races. You know, our first job was a, uh, a senior living center. And I was like, great. It was like a $70,000 order. We made good money on it. And my wife was like, we should have done this earlier. And about eight months in uh, to starting that business, Berkshire Hathaway came back and appealed the ruling. And mm -hmm. so we were back in court. And on the state level at the appellate court. And again, at 32, 33, um, it was scary. You know, it was really scary. And appellate court came back, ruled in favor of them, but minimized the territory because the territory that I was restricted of selling in was essentially most of the United States. And so they kind of put me into a little, uh, a little bowl of, I couldn't operate within about a hundred, 150 miles of, of where I lived. So how do you do what you love? Um, every day and not violate that. It was a, a two-year non-compete is what they had come back with. And so we went online and I started doing some research. Uh, I found a company in the, the UK uh, who'd been selling product online for a while and got to know Kevin, their founder, really well. And 
I was like, hey man, you know, I have this vision, you know, it's not where I started, but part of being an entrepreneur is learning to pivot, right? You know, and kind of looking at stuff as, you know, it's not cancer, you know, we're not dead, we're still alive, you know, we can figure this out. And in that moment, that temporary, you know, kind of kick in the gut feels like it's permanent. Um, and I think any of your listeners who have started businesses or are running, you know, multi-million, billion-dollar businesses know when they get those phone calls or those emails where something goes haywire and they're like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? Um, <clears throat> we decided to face it head on. And so we pivoted and started learning how uh, e-commerce worked. We started looking at, you know, the construction material industry is is massive. And so the side of it, or excuse me, the kind of the division we knew was masonry. And looking across the United States, there really wasn't anyone other than Home Depot and Lowe's that were selling some kind of products with a very shallow offering. You know, they only had a couple SKUs. And so we went to market um, and took what little bit of savings we had left, you know, and started building this, knowing that eventually I could come back and kind of fulfill the dream of having our local company. Um, and it started to take off. Um, then 20, oh gosh, 2013, 2014. And so, um, I had a bunch of data entry people. Uh, my dad's retired. I had dad come in. I called an architect buddy of mine and it's like, Hey, can we set up, you know, a bunch of desktops, you know, in your office, we'll stay in the back, you know, and start building a database and start building what is today, you know, zenbuilt.com. And so along that journey, we found pain points customers had, right? And the industry in itself operates in a little bit, I don't know if I want to use the word monopoly, but it operates a little bit in the respect of you've got a manufacturer who sells, or makes a product, and they will designate a specific distributor in a territory to sell that product. Well, that's great for those two relationships, but for the consumer side, you're not necessarily rewarded to have excellent customer service if you're the only person that can sell a product in a specific area. And so... What we understood very quickly once we launched the site and started getting customer feedback was there were a lot of customers um, and there were a lot of customers that wanted to buy product, but they either had a negative experience or they were just told, no, that product's not available when in fact the product was available. And so after about 5,000 projects across the country, we're like, we've got a business and we need to scale a little quicker. And so I don't know if any of your other uh, guests have ever raised capital before, but we went out and said, okay, we're going to build out the platform further. We're going to pump it up with some juice, you know, and make it even easier for customers. And so we went out and raised capital in 2018 and then launched the new site in July of 2019. And a gentleman down in South Florida was our first customer. It was a $1,400 sale of some thin brick. And I called him up immediately. You know, <laughs> I was like, you're our first customer. And he's like, what? You guys haven't been around for a while? I was like, no, we've been around for a while. I was like, but you're the first one on our new, our new platform. And so thank you so much for your business. But that was kind of, uh, you know, in a snapshot, you know, my entrepreneurial journey. And now we've built uh, a team. We've got manufacturing relationships and under other vendor relationships that are phenomenal. I think that's a, a big key is finding people that can see the vision and are willing to take a little bit of a risk. And I try to do that now myself with other, you know, friends that are starting businesses and go, yeah, that's a really good idea. You know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Um, and be careful about who you take advice from too. That's another good piece of advice I got from someone else. I do want to come back to that. As you know, I spent uh, a number of years in corporate HR. And so I understood mm -hmm. 
and I was really good at corporation. When you start your own business, all the rules that you knew get thrown out the window. You start fresh. I have found myself drawn to entrepreneurs. This is why I wanted to bring you on the podcast, because as an entrepreneur, you, you've experienced the highs and the lows. And there's a tendency when people think about being an entrepreneur, all they really think about is the highs. And I don't want to dwell on the lows, but those lows can be very low. And you and your family sacrificed considerably. Uh, you learn valuable uh, lessons. You embrace technology and applied that technology and platform that really was not doing that. And what you have built thus far strikes as if you're on, um, you're on the right, on the right path. But those lessons learned, you've already kind of shared examples where you, you got stuck and how you personally got unstuck. You also shared an example that I loved, and that is when the platform went live and you got your first order, you could pick up the phone and you can call and say, thank you. And that was, yeah. I think the underpinning of what you're trying to do, create a buying experience that was very customer centric. How have you kept that customer electricity? as you have thrived as an organization. Yeah, that, that is challenging, right? Um, you know, as you scale past, you know, a couple hundred customers to, to thousands of customers, it's hard, you know, as an owner, you know, to be able to touch each one of those. And I think at the end of the day, I try, um, I don't get to everyone, but you know, in our uh, CRM, where we track all of our projects, we have a follow-up that's typically about six to eight weeks after customers gotten their product. And it's a, you know, thank you. Um, actually what I found more effective, because a lot of people don't like to talk on the phone, Mike, you know, at my heart, I'm a salesperson. I like to talk, um, send text messages. I'll shoot a text, you know, my name's Carson. I'm the founder of Zen build. Thank you so much, you know, for buying from us. We would love to see what your project looks like. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of, I think most people, you know, they like to talk about something that is theirs, right? And so, um, Kim is a builder, uh, I think she's in Mississippi. Um, and she did this fireplace and I, she was one that I couldn't get her on the phone. I'd sent her a text and she sent me back this picture, um, you know, of her fireplace, not a big job, but I was like, wow, Kim, that looks great. I was like, those chandeliers really kind of line up. And she was like, do you know anything about chandeliers? I was like, no, but it, it looks great. And so in, you know, the, being authentic to your customers, I think is something that's important with my team. And then with the customer experience too, is we don't get to talk to everybody that, you know, purchases from us, but we try to reach out, you know, if we can't get them on the phone, we'll, I mean, they get emails through our system, but we'll send them a text. Everybody's got a Google text line. It's like, Hey, you know, thanks for shopping with us. Do you have any questions? Cause our products, um, a majority of what we sell on the site are thin stone, thin brick products. A lot of times, you know, our customer segments have switched significantly during the pandemic when you started this podcast. You know, our DIY sector was almost 90% of our transactions. Now it's flipped, hmm. you know, to where the DI, DIY customers are uh, last year, I think it was maybe 47% of our customers to the Zenbuild platform, platform were individuals. As contractors, you know, found out about us through the amount of money we spent with Google and the other marketing we do and then clients, you know, that kind of shifted. But getting in touch with those people whatever type of customer they were, and then being authentic. Thank you for your business. I mean, how often have you bought something, you know, cause our, the product you're buying from us is, is typically, you know, several thousand dollars, you know, it's not a hat or t-shirt that's, you know, 20 or, or $40. And so how many times have you gotten a phone call from one of the big box stores or a, 
a company where you spend a couple thousand dollars and you're like, thanks, or just a tech. Um, and I, I hope that's something I can always do because I like engaging the customers. You know, I like seeing the project, you know, Zen build and what we created is essentially making people's homes, their offices, the places they worship, their schools, you know, better. We get the opportunity to, you know, at the heart of it, dress, you know, a building or put our product inside someone's living room. I mean, that's, that's a cool thing to me. I, that's a really neat thing to me. Well, what you've done, you've taken what could very well be seen as a cold product and you've kind of given me a better understanding how this product changes homes, changes businesses, changes a house of worship. The simple act of sending the text, if I got your text, one, I probably would be a little bit surprised, but odds are pretty darn good that I'm going to tell somebody else, guess what? I bought, it was a great product, but the founder reached out to me personally. And it, it conveys one, that customer centeredness that I was asking about, but it goes one step further. And that is, it kind of conveys, all right, this, this is a big company that acts small and it's willingness to kind of reach out. And I kind of love just the simplicity, what you just described. Carson, I want to go back to something you mentioned and you just mentioned it in passing, but I think it's critically important. Yeah. And that is you've learned valuable lessons, but you also made reference to those who you surround yourself. And I know that you kind of have created your own trusted board of advisors. Share a little bit more about what that is and how does that work for you? Yes. I think that is probably the key more than anything, um, is who you surround yourself with. We've all heard the five people you surround yourself with, you know, a reflection of who you are. I think um, as a you know, father and, you know, then as a business owner, I think that the tribe that I've, I've been very blessed, you know, to have built, you know, over my career and in the last almost 10 years of starting this company is, is pretty awesome. Um, and they're genuine people. They care. You know, I think when you start something, you have a lot of people, uh, and I'll talk about my own experience when I was like, Hey, we're going to sell this product. We're going to sell bricks and stones online. A lot of guys that I've worked with for years, manufacturing side and essentially the distribution side who we were disrupting were like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's a good idea. Um, I thought about that. Um, hmm. You know, they were kind of cheerleaders a little bit. And then once we started getting traction um, and we started disrupting and doing what we had set out to do, those cheerleaders very quickly were like, what are you doing here? You know, you're, you're kind of getting into my pond and, um, that was, that was hard. And so in that experience, I went back to my tribe of fellow business owners, executives and, you know, large, large organizations. And I was like, Hey, we're facing this. Um, I know we're on the right path. You know, I know the clients are there and I know the product can reach further than what it's, you know, currently reaching. Um, talk to fellow business owners, entrepreneurs several times a week. Um, then on the, the, the business owner side, after raising capital, my shareholders, I talk to them every week uh, and it's like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. You know, they're a little bit of a coach for me, mm -hmm. Mike, and then vice versa, you know? And so I think shared wins, you know, in that group and in your tribe are, are powerful, you know, and they 10 extra energy, you know, on those days where you're just like, ah, damn it, today sucked. <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? You know, we're going to get up, you know, kind of tackle it the next day. And then they also give you perspective, you know, perspective from someone, you know, that has experienced what you're going through or perspective of someone that is either much older and at the end of their career, they've retired and they're hanging out, smoking a cigar, drinking a bourbon down on the beach. 
it's like, you know, it's going to be all right. You know, do the right thing. And I think that's the feedback that you get from most in my tribe is, what do you think the right thing is? Uh, how do you do it? And as long as you execute on that, Mike, you know, you can get up the next day and go, you know what? There's always more, there's always more, more work to do. You know, I've got to take the position of, I've got to take care of our customers. I've got to take care of, you know, our manufacturing relationships. And ultimately I've got to take care of myself and my family. And I think that is, it's easier said than done, but having a tribe of people around you that you can call. Um, I told you before the call, I was on with a friend of mine last night who owns a company and he's going through a little tough time right now. Um, yeah. And I was like, hey bud, how are you doing? Um, he's like, do you want the honest answer? Or you want me to say I'm, I'm doing fine. I was like, man, tell me, you know, how's it going? He's like, it sucks. He's like, I'm still at the office, you know, um, I don't want to go home yet. You know, I'm not right. I was like, you know, tell me what's going on. And I just listened to him for 15 minutes. Um, and I was like, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to figure it out? He's like, well, I'm thinking about this and this. And so that whiteboard session over a phone call, you know, I know it was valuable to him. And then to me, you know, I think the rising tides you know, kind of going back and helping people ultimately gets you to where you want to be. Um, and that's something that, you know, as we work with our customers, it's like, hey, what are you trying to do on this project? You know, how can we help you? How can we provide value? And I think good friends uh, and people in your tribe try to provide value for you. Find those people. You will not regret, you know, having people that you can call on a good day or a bad day. Parsons, I'm listening to you. I, I know that in my work, um, I own my own business. And people just assume, oh, it must be nice to not have a boss. And what you just <laughs> everybody's your boss, Mike. <laughs> and you just you just mentioned a few. Your your boss mm -hmm. would be your customers. Your boss would be investors. Right. Your boss would be um, all hosts. And and I say boss, but what I'm saying is you still have stakeholders to contend with. And with growing success, there could be the possibility the little arrogance kind of creeps in. And I'm not saying you. But as organizations grow, they begin, oh, we've got the secret sauce. We know what we're doing and yep. it works for a while. And I guess what I would applaud to you is that you've acknowledged that even with success, you still need to surround yourself with wise counsel. Yeah. And, uh, and you tap into that wise counsel on a regular basis. And I love the notion though, but then you also pay that forward when you yes. are speaking to a friend who is being real with you. I hope that that is what people are picking up on this podcast. I like to invite people on who are willing to be real. It's not all rosy. No. <laughs> it can be rich and rewarding. Uh, and yeah. I'm not saying just from a financial standpoint. Um, as we kind of begin winding down this conversation, I kind of like to kind of get your take. You're nearly 10 years into this particular business, I know you have other businesses and we focus primarily on Zen Build, but as you look back on nearly a decade of owning the business, if you were to reflect on that experience and reflect on what you've shared with us thus far, what do you want our viewers and our listeners to have as takeaways? Yeah, I think two things, Mike, that I think I would pass on to the listeners and, and people. You were kind of wrapping up on it. I'm one humility. Uh, it's a challenge. You know, when you have a lot of wins, uh, you kind of forget about the times where, you know, you weren't winning and you know, that false sense of, you know, we've got it all figured out is, is never, never accurate. Um, know that I'm not always right, you know, and within my team, 
I want us to win. I want our team to win. I want our company to win. I want our customers to win. And I think putting those people on the bus in your team, number one, and accepting the humility that you don't have all the answers and you're not always right is a great takeaway. And then the second one is any business book you read, any entrepreneur book, uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is one of my favorites. Uh, the guy that started Nike Shoes and mm-hmm. what he went through in his journey. Um, you run into mountains, you know, or immovable objects you know, professionally or in starting a business, it seems so overwhelming. You know, for us, it was convincing manufacturers who had done business the exact same way to go, hey, we know you have this this network that sells your product, but, you know, there's 30 plus million Americans and nearly all of them have one of these or, you know, or online. We think it's a, you know, a strategic avenue that you can move product. I heard no and no and know so much. And so the second point I think is, you know, some people joke about and a no is one step, you know, to a yes. I think that's accurate. And if you've got a vision and it's grounded in reality um, and you've got people that need what you're providing, you know, there's a market there. And I think getting up and working on it every day, even when it, it seems like you're not making any progress, it's still ultimately you know, the way that you move forward. So, you know, those two, the humility, knowing you're not always right. And then second, you know, when you run into those ditches and those issues, you know, just keep moving, just keep swimming. Ted, have you seen Ted Lasso? Did you watch Ted Lasso? Yeah. Every episode. (laughs) Just keep swimming. And I think, you know, that is uh, in itself something that I've gained a perspective on and I try to share with my other, you know, friends that run businesses or other entrepreneurs or investors or people I've met along my path is they're like, how'd you figure that out? I'm like, I did. We just kept swimming, you know, and eventually, you know, we were able to figure it out and have been able to build a company that has value and provides a lot of uh, amazing products to clients all across the country. I think that, I think those are the two I'd give your audience, Mike. Obviously, those are excellent. And that is one with success, maintain humility and perseverance. Um, you, I'm confident, have kind of piqued the interest of folks who are watching or listening. If they want to reach out to you, what's the best yeah. way for them to get hold of you, Carson? Yeah. Uh, obviously, our company is zenbuild.com. Um, we spend a lot on marketing. So if you type in zenbuild, we don't show up, please let me know. E- email uh, is carson, C-A-R-S-O-N at zenbuild.com. Uh, is the best way to get me. Best way to get me. I'm on, I'm on this thing and the laptop nonstop. So, but if, now, yeah, if those, I can be, no, I apologize for those who are listening and not watching, uh, every time he makes reference to this thing, he's holding up his phone. So it, yes. you're right. We, <laughs> we do live, uh, on this phone. A lot of people are probably listening to this, uh, via the phone. What did we do before we had these smartphones? I don't know. It's crazy. Just think about my kids are, I told you my kids are 17 and 15. Yeah. You know, I look at them and I just think about the the next generation, you know, and how, again, I'd like to say that we, we were brilliant. We had this idea and we, we were 30 years in the future, knew everything would work, but you know, at the rate my kids are on this and then my friends and everyone else, you know, this being the cell phone, I think the world is much smaller place. And I think whether it's building your tribe, whether it's finding information, whether it's researching your business idea, you know, those tools are there, you know, utilize them and, you know, Follow, follow your dream, persevere, even when it seems difficult. Carson, thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey, your, your insights. I found most enjoyable. I'm confident that our, our listeners do and will as well. Thank you. Excellent, Mike. Thank you. You have a wonderful day, buddy. Thank you. I want to go ahead and wrap up by just thanking our listeners for joining us today. You know, my passion 
is building leaders, leaders that people follow, you know, not because they have to, but because they want to. Yeah, I found that the clients that uh, we work with, they usually had one of two problems. Either they were frustrated because they were losing the employees they wanted to keep, or the leaders, they found themselves kind of stuck in the weeds of the day-to-day. And as a result, they were failing to execute on their long-term strategy. So if your business has slowed down due to high turnover or perhaps poor execution, let's talk. Head over to bench-builders.com to schedule a call. So I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you have picked up on some quick wins from Carson that will help you get unstuck and on target. 